Hello and welcome to my podcast. Okay, here is the story. I am the host, Dee Burns. A story by definition is an account of imaginary or real people and events told for entertainment. I believe life is a story and I feel honored to tell you these stories. And if given the chance, I would love to tell your story. Okay, so this is episode three of my five-part series on the TV show, Emergency Call. Check your local listings for dates and times. This episode will focus on New Orleans, Louisiana. And just a little plug here real quick. The next episode will be about Wasilla, Alaska. And I will say, (laughs) I'm sure that Alaska is a beautiful state. I'm sure that it is, but the whole time I was watching this show and every time they would go to Alaska, oh my God, I would be like, fuck Alaska. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you'll find out why next week, but that's where we're at next week is in um, Wasilla, Alaska. And then my finale is here at the call center in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And that is my live interview with Jazzy Betcher, who is a 911 operator featured on this show, Emergency Call. So before we go any further, I just want to go over a few things. We're always looking for sponsors and or advertisers. If you're interested, please email me at okayhereisthestory at gmail.com. Please don't forget to include all of your contact information. You will now be able to find this podcast wherever you find your podcast, whatever platform you use. You'll also be able to find the link to the available platforms on my website, okayhereisthestory.com. I will say, I was talking to Wyatt this week. And I was telling him all the platforms that I've uploaded this podcast to. And one of them is Spotify. And if you know anything about me, I am a huge Spotify fan. I have paid for Spotify for years. And I said to him, Wyatt, I am now on Spotify. Can you believe that? That was just a really big surprise for me. But yeah, go to any platform where you get your podcasts and um, I should be there. For future episodes, speaking of Wyatt, (laughs) for future episodes, I'm going to be interviewing my son, Wyatt. He is a Marine and Wyatt just got back. I want to say Monday, maybe it was Tuesday from Australia, his deployment over there. I am going to interview him and it'll be like a two or three part series. We haven't really decided yet because (laughs) we don't know where it's going to go. But we're going to be discussing life as a Marine, um, the people of Australia, and how Australia differs from America. And it's going to shock you. I was shocked at things that he told me that went on over in Australia and how they really feel about Americans. So if you're currently a Marine or you live in Australia or you've spent an extended amount of time in Australia please send me an email to okayhereisthestory at gmail.com telling me your story. Unless otherwise noted, I'll share your story and your first name only. Um, If you would be interested 
and being included as an interview person for that episode, please include all of your contact information. Finally, if you'd like to make a donation to this podcast, you can find me on my GoFundMe page. Okay, here is the story. All donations are used to purchase hardware and software for this podcast. No one involved with the show is paid. GoFundMe is a secure page for donations. There is a link to my GoFundMe page provided in the show description. And I want to continue to thank those that have donated. Thank you so much. And it means a lot to me that you believe enough in me to donate to my podcast. So this is part three of my five-part series on the show, Emergency Call. Check your local listings for dates and times. This week, like I said before, we are going to be discussing the call center in New Orleans. So the information that I'm just getting ready to share with you all comes from the Orleans Parish Communication District website. So the uh, Orleans Parish Communication District, or as they call it, OPCD, was formed in 1982. And it is the public safety answering point for all emergency communications via 911 and non-emergency city services via 311 within Orleans Parish. Now, I will say, <laughs> I had a, a very good friend, Judy Tabor, who is from New Orleans. She moved to Iowa, and I worked with her when I lived in Iowa. Everything in Louisiana is a parish. Everything. It's not, there's, there's not counties. If you live, maybe you live in a state that has counties. It's not counties. They have parishes. Everything is a parish. <laughs> so just keep that in mind as we go through this information. So the OPCD employs more than 140 individuals and provides emergency medical dispatch, emergency fire dispatch, and emergency police dispatch for the millions of annual visitors and residents of the city of New Orleans. The mission statement for OPCD is get the right people to the right place at the right time and do it better than anybody else in the world. I have to say that is a pretty amazing mission statement. I was very impressed. I, I, I just, I really like that mission statement a lot. And I will say from what I've seen on the TV show, the operators in this district live up to that mission statement. So good job, ladies. The website Government Technology states that Orleans Parish Communications District covers an area with a population of more than 370,000 residents. I guess I did not realize that Orleans was that big. This call center handles more than 1 million emergency calls annually, routing requests to police, fire, and EMS personnel in the field. Wow, I could not, I did not know. I mean, I knew Orleans was large. I did not realize it was 370,000 residents. That is quite a big city. As I stated earlier, New Orleans also has a non-emergency number of 311. Now, this was very interesting to me, and I would like to see more cities do this. Hello, Milwaukee. And I'll explain why at the end of, the, of this information. 
So with over 2,300 different telephone numbers listed to access local government services, many people did not know what number to call to reach the appropriate department. And I will say, I don't know what town you live in, but if you live in a larger town, you will spend the whole day being transferred from department to department. I mean, it's just insane. It's, it's just crazy. So this non-emergency number of 311 helps residents to report burned out streetlights, report areas in need of pothole repair. Hello, Wisconsin, you need this very badly. Report an abandoned vehicle or to report a need for pest control. Now, here's where my story comes in. <laughs> if you listened to my former podcast, which you can find on YouTube, you, you will know that I have a patio and I sit out on my patio all the time. And last summer, I had a problem with a skunk <laughs> that was coming onto my patio. My best friend was over here. Him and I were sitting on the patio together. It was raining, if I remember right, because we were sitting on this step um, that kind of covers us from the rain. And all of a sudden, I saw that skunk. And I just screamed, skunk! <laughs> and my best friend stepped over me back into my bedroom off of the patio. <laughs> and he didn't even help me in or anything. He just left me out there. <laughs> and the skunk ran away. But... I spent a good portion of the next day on the phone uh, here in Milwaukee trying to find pest control and come to find out apparently that was a department that Milwaukee did away with um, because, you know, it was costly and, and, you know, there's other private companies out there that will do the same thing. So we no longer have pest control in Milwaukee, but New Orleans, you do. And you can reach them by dialing 311, which is just, a, to me, a brilliant program. Um, the mission of, it's called NOLA 311, is to connect citizens to government using technology that is efficient, innovative, and transparent. So, good job, New Orleans. I would like to see other big cities um, have this program, Milwaukee. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> so according to the same website, in 2013, OCPD was selected by Motorola Solutions to conduct the field trial of a new product, eventually named NextGen 911, and it was integrated into their um, call center. Now, if you remember back on episode one, when I gave you a summary of the entire show and gave you a little history of 911. This next gen 911 program, we talked about it. And New, New Orleans has had this system since 2013 to help with their call volume. But this was a situation where the bigger cities have it, the not so much bigger cities don't have it. And uh, the FCC is trying to get it implemented completely by 2022. So if you're interested in that, you can go back to the first episode um, of my podcast. Um, I think it was episode two, but it was the first part of this um, mini series where we talked about that. 
and there's information about that. Okay, so now that I've given you a little bit of a background about New Orleans, I want to um, focus on the show, and I want to focus on the operators on this show. So, so again, if you remember back on episode two, um, I talked about a gentleman by the name of Andy Denhart. He is with the website realityblurred.com, and he, quote, you know, he made the comment on this website, uh, and I'm going to quote what he said, quote, never really, this show never really develops the dispatchers into full characters. Sometimes they share details about their lives, but they remain almost as flat as the scenery, end of quote. And when we talked about this on I said that I could not, and I still don't understand Mr. Denhart's statement because I will say New Orleans is probably the one call center that the operators showed the most emotion, emotion and passion um, for their residents and, and just in their show. So the first operator we're going to talk about, her name's Kelsey. She is one of the operators who she doesn't only give you a glimpse into her personal life, but she shows you a true love for New Orleans residents. And one of the first calls that she gets is from a woman who is hiding in a closet because her husband is drunk and he's become physical, physically abusive, let's just say. So as Kelsey maneuvers through the phone call, she uh, shares that when she was in this same situation, she remembers the voice of the 911 operator. And she says, you know, the voice was calm and it was comforting. It was non-judgmental, and it was truly a beacon of light for her in that very dark time in her life. And when this happened to her, she made it her goal to become an operator and to have the same calming and non-judgmental voice for those that needed it. And she did. That, that is what she did. She goes on to share a little bit of her story. And I hope that women out there going through the same thing can be inspired by Kelsey. If you are in a situation where there is physical abuse, you can get yourself out of that situation. Trust me. You can find hope in hearing Kelsey's story and know that you have options. You do, you have options. You just have to find them. I'll, I'm going to say two more things about this situation and then I'm just going to move on. But first of all, if you live in New Orleans and this is your situation, reporting the abuse, <clears throat> excuse me, is easy. You can call toll free one 855 la kids that number again is 1-855, the number 4, L-A, kids, or numerically, it's 855-452-5437. If you call this number, you will be able to speak with a trained specialist 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Second thing I want to say is no matter where you live, if you know of someone, doesn't matter who it is, man, woman, child, elderly, young, it does not matter who it is. If you know that they are being physically abused, it is your responsibility to say something. 
from my experience, as far as I'm concerned, if you know that physical abuse is going on in a household and you do nothing about it, you are just as responsible as the abuser. And yes, I am saying this very statement to the people who were in my life at the time that knew that the physical abuse was going on and they never approached me. They never approached authorities. Um, it was one man, one man who stepped forward and told me it was okay to leave and that I had options and inspired me to put the wheels in motion to get me and my sons out of that situation. So if you live in Louisiana, the website address for the Department of Child and Family Services in Louisiana will be found in this show's description. I encourage you to go to that website and there was a bunch of information on there when I was on there last night. So just go ahead and visit that website. So <clears throat> moving on with the show. The next operator is Brittany. And I will say, um, I will say that Kelsey and Brittany were my two most favorite operators. And I, I, I feel like they were probably shown more than other operators, but, but they were my two favorite. And so Brittany receives a call, um, from a woman who can hear an intruder entering their home and she believes it's through a broken window. Now, let me explain this house was a duplex and these two gals lived on one side and then I think a family lived on the other side. But my understanding from the situation was that these two girls heard this intruder come in. They were hiding in the bathroom at the time while they're on the phone with Brittany. They're, you know, they're whispering really low and, and they're talking to Brittany, but then all of a sudden they just stopped talking. And it was at this point that Brittany assumes that the intruder is close to the bathroom door where they're hiding and the callers are afraid that he's going to hear them. So um, they just stopped talking. So here's what was just so amazing to me because Brittany just became so creative and she was like, okay, I'm going to ask you questions that are yes or no questions. If you can hear me, press a button on your phone. And then all of a sudden you hear this beep on the phone. So, you know, okay, the caller hears her. So Brittany then tells her, okay, don't answer my questions out loud. I'll talk to you. You don't talk to me. I will ask you questions. You press a button once for yes and twice for no. And I was just like, that is brilliant because that is going to give her the opportunity to answer questions that Brittany needs to know without talking and this man hearing them and knowing that they're in the bathroom. I'm not going to tell you the resolution of this call. You need to watch the show. <laughs> and again, this is the New Orleans um, site. And I'm sorry, I don't know what episode it was in, but I feel like it was pretty soon um, when we were introduced to the New Orleans call center. But um, yeah, so Brittany, amazing job that you came up with that solution. And, and it was it was just a really, it was a great idea. So the next call Brittany gets is from a man who, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to smile because this situation was not good, but I'm, I'm smiling because I just think about Brittany and she was just such a great operator. But anyway, she gets a call from a man who has a son who is attempting to hurt the son's girlfriend and the dad's trying to protect the girlfriend. 
and they're all, you know, in the same house and the call's very frantic and it's very dramatic. And the man's telling Brittany that if the police don't hurry up and get there, he's going to kill his son. And you can hear the son in the background just yelling and he's throwing things. And I mean, you can, you can hear what's going on. So this, the caller, he goes on to tell Brittany that he's going to lose his job because, uh, he can't leave the house to go to work until he knows that the girlfriend is safe. And he's just screaming, you know, get the police here, get the police here. You know, I'm going to lose my job. And I'm, and then he says, which really surprised me. He's like, if they don't get here, I'm going to kill my son because he, he's threatening us. So, like I said, he keeps saying throughout the conversation, you know, I'm going to lose my job. I'm, I'm going to lose my job. I got to call my manager. I got to get off the phone. So finally, Brittany says, okay, hold on. I don't want you to hang up. So give me the phone number of your boss. So the guy does. Just so you know, 911 operators are not supposed to make phone calls out, you know, make calls out because all of their calls are recorded in the 911 call center. And the, from what I understand, the lines are set up just to receive calls. They're not to make calls. After the whole, after the police get to this guy and, and she hangs up because the police are there and, and they can handle it. She gets up from her desk and she walks away with her cell phone and she calls this guy's boss. She tells the boss, you know, so-and-so had an emergency. You know, I'm, I'm a 911 operator. I handled the call. I just want you to know he's going to be late to work. And the boss was like, okay, that's fine. You know, thanks for calling, blah, blah, blah. And so then Brittany goes back and she calls the guy back on her cell phone and tells him, I talked to your boss. He says, that's fine. You know, whatever. And then at the very end, you know, Brittany said, I know I'm not supposed to do that. I know I'm not supposed to leave my desk. I'm not supposed to make calls on my cell phone for people. But in this situation, I would rather get written up for something that I'm not supposed to do than this man to lose his job. So good job, Brittany. It was, it was really, it was a neat thing. Um, and it just shows you the, the, what these operators will go to, to help the residents of their community. So the final call that Brittany gets, and I will say, you know, I watched all 10 episodes of this show. I will say that this is the one call that tugged at my heart the most. And I'm just going to tell you now, get Kleenexes out because this is a very sad story. And, um, you know, hopefully I will, I've been practicing it this week, so I'm hoping that I won't get teared up while I'm telling you this part, this phone call. But so the final call that Brittany receives is one is from a guy and he's calling to report an accident. And, and I don't even know what the accident was. They don't go into detail. He's just calling to report an accident. So at the end of the call, he asks Brittany, um, is there still a picture of operator 209 on the wall in the call center? Brittany chuckles a little bit and she says, I don't know why. Are you operator 209? He, he says no. And he goes on to explain that operator 209 died a few years prior and that her name was Christine George. So Brittany offers to find out if the picture is still hanging on the wall. And she says, you know, let me get your phone number. I'll call you back. I, I need to research this a little bit. And he says, uh, 
okay, and he gives her his phone number, and then he says, by the way, operator 209 was my mom. So now Brittany is just like, okay, well, let's do some research on this. So she calls another operator that she knows was working at the call center at the time of Christine George's death. She asks him, Brittany asks the guy, um, if Christine's picture is still in the building. He says, yeah, it is. And he kind of explains to her um, where it's at. And it was, seems like it was in a lunchroom or a hallway or something. But he explains to her where it's at. And as she's talking, as Brittany's talking to this other operator, another operator who um, is named Amanda overhears the conversation. And so she asks Brittany, when Brittany gets off the phone, she asks her, um, are you asking about the Christine George murders? Brittany was like, yeah. And so the operator goes on to explain that um, Christine was a 911 operator at the call center. And she was murdered by her ex-husband who hid in her house. And when they came home, he killed her. He killed her son. He killed a daughter. And he left one son alive. Boom. This one son that was left alive is the one that had called Brittany to report the accident and had asked her if Christine George's picture was still in the call center. Oh my gosh. I just could not believe that story. <sighs> so Brittany calls the guy back and she says, yeah, your mom's picture is still and she tells him where it's at in the call center. And he says, okay, thank you for calling uh, me and letting me know. And then at the end of the show, ABC uh, has that the picture that they were talking about. They have it at the end of the show with a number for domestic abuse hotline. So yeah, that, that was a really, that was a really hard pill to swallow. You will see in my final, in part five, my finale for this series is where I um, interviewed Jazzy Betcher, who is a 911 call operator here in the Waukesha, Wisconsin, and she was highlighted on the show. And she's an operator in our Waukesha, Wisconsin call center. I asked her, you know, what is the most horrific call that you've ever received? And her answer and this story were the two that, that tugged at my heart the most. So, um, you know, be sure to listen to that episode too because it, it it's it's a heart tugger so every call center the one thing i've learned about watching this show is every call center has that one call <laughs> oh that just leaves you shaking your head and you're just like i cannot even believe that people like this exist how do they exist and how do these operators <laughs> How do they do their job? I mean, really, how do you do your job? New Orleans call center is no different. Darius is the operator who receives this call. And it's from a woman. And she is calling to report multiple people running around a park not wearing masks. <laughs> and then the lady goes on to say they had dogs in the park. And there are not dogs allowed in that park. And they're not wearing masks. And they're all... They're all standing around talking to each other with their dogs 
in the park not wearing masks. <laughs> and, you know, Darius is trying to work through the phone call with this lady, and she's just screaming at him. She's like, get the police out here. Tell them to wear their masks. <laughs> and she's just screaming, if you can't send someone out, I'm going to call the governor, and I'm going to tell him to straighten this shit up. <laughs> so... Darius asks the lady, you know, what is your name? And she says, don't worry about my name. I'm a lady. <laughs> this caller. Oh, my gosh. She continues yelling at Darius um, about the people in the park, not wearing their masks and walking their dogs. And then she threatens Darius. And I am going to quote what the threat was. <laughs> and I quote, Call, I'm going to call the lieutenant governor on y'all and I'm going, I'm going to sue them. Once I done calling them, I'm going to call Washington, D.C. from the state of Louisiana. Clean it up. End of quote. And then she hangs up the phone. <laughs> oh, Lord. Bless her heart. I just, you know, poor Darius, you know, he just, he just didn't know what to do with that. And, and I, I believe he did said the, you know, the information to the police department, but you know, oh my gosh, every call center has that call <laughs> and you're going to eat, you're going to hear them. Okay. So in every podcast that I've done for this show, I try to highlight the things that I've learned whether it's about the 911 system, if it's about that particular call center, um, whatever. So here's what I learned about New Orleans as a comparison here in Wisconsin, okay? If you ask someone where they're at, they're going to tell you, you know, I'm north of 94 or I'm south of Racine. I mean, that is how we tell people where we're at. Apparently, in New Orleans, people explain where they are directionally compared to a body of water. So they will say things like, I just passed the river and I'm driving away from it towards the city. Okay, so now the operator has to sit there and look at her map and figure out, okay, this person's driving away from the river towards the city. They must be on such and such high, you know, interstate highway, whatever. It is very confusing and it makes it really difficult for the operators to know where the people are at. You know, I think that's, as, as I've done this show, that's one thing I've learned is the biggest complaint, for lack of a better term, from the operators is knowing where people are at. So that is something that you really want to know when you're calling 911, where am I at? And um, in the in the next episode, Wasilla, Alaska, I will tell you how to do that. That is what I learned about in Alaska. So the next thing, and I guess I kind of feel stupid. I probably should have known this since I was alive during Hurricane Katrina. Um, but I guess I just didn't realize it. But apparently New Orleans sits in like a bowl, like they sit in the bottom of the bowl. Um, and when they get a lot of rain in a short amount of time, they can have some extreme flash flooding. And I am talking to the point that people are being swept away in their cars or they're climbing on top of their cars. And you will have, they have a unit that is basically a 
water unit. I don't know what they call it on the show, but they have boats and they have jet skis and they have, you know, other things so that when they experience these flash floodings, they can go and rescue people. And I just, I guess I didn't realize that it happened that quickly um, in the city of New Orleans. So, um, wow, that was, that was something that was really amazing to me. So as I was doing research for this podcast, the technical platform that Carbine provided was very detailed and it was confusing for me. But what I learned was that oftentimes during 911 calls, operators and dispatchers ask specifics that callers don't always know, such as exactly where they are at, or in the case of health emergencies, the seriousness of their condition. So with this new system, the caller will be able to use location sharing or allow video and pictures and the operators will be able to gather a lot of information even if the caller doesn't know it. OPC Director Tyrell Morris said, and I quote, we are one of the few organizations now that are inviting pictures and video to 911 so we can better inform our first responders what is happening on the ground. So you ask, how does this work? I will explain this the best way that I can. So someone's experiencing an emergency. They still need to call or text 911 to use this software, okay? And it, there's no additional cost to New Orleans residents to use this software. So after they make the call, the operator will advise the person in need of help that they're gonna text them a link. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna text you a link. When you get the link, click on it, and this will allow the operator to access the caller's cell phone for a short time so that they can see what is occurring in real time. So they're using the camera on the phone. Operators will also be able to video chat with residents or send silent instant messages in cases where a caller is in a situation where they don't wanna be heard or, uh, they don't want the conversation overheard or, you know, whatever. So this is kind of what Brittany used, but she went old school and said, you know, hit the button once for yes and twice for no. But this is kind of the same thing where the operators will be able to access the cellular phone's camera um, to give them what is happening in real time. And they're able to relay that information to uh, police, fire, EMS. So as I was reading about this new option for New Orleans, everything that I was reading, I thought it was really interesting that the one main concern that kept popping up across the many different platforms and, and the, even the decision makers to get this software, they had um, the same concerns, but they were concerned about the effect this system would have on the operators because now they're gonna be able to watch video of what is happening during this emergency call. They're not just gonna hear it, they're gonna be able to see it. So think about this for just a second. There's, there is a possibility that the operators are gonna be witness to some horrific events as they happen, whether it's an attack, you know, whatever. Whatever the situation, persons have a heart attack, whatever. So now the mental health of the operator is what everybody's concerned about. So like I said, the decision makers kind of got together 
and decided that they needed to find more funding to put towards programs um, that they can offer to the operators to help with them dealing with things they've seen. Um, I mean, it's already, if you watch this show, you're going to catch on to the things that they hear every day. And now they're going to be seeing it, which to me, you know, they say, if, you know, that a picture is worth a thousand words. Imagine watching a video. It's going to be tough for people. So kudos to the decision makers in New Orleans for thinking about this and um, putting together programs for your operators. You know, I also learned a lot about the technology that we have for our current 911 system. Um, if you go back to the first one that I did in this series, I talk about how the system's outdated and, and, and whatever, but some cities have very out of date systems and some of the major cities are using current technology to better their system and make that very dark moment for the caller just a little bit better. So thank you to New Orleans for doing that, for being involved in the testing and the de development um, of this new technology. You were definitely a key in this uh, progress. So that is it for today. I hope that you learned something and uh, that you will watch the show Emergency Call. It really is an amazing show. You learn a lot. If you pay attention, you'll learn a lot. You really will. So as I close the show today, I want to leave you on a high note because we talked about a lot of serious, heavy stuff today. And I want to leave you with a high note, which is the cheesy joke of the day. And I know you guys have missed it. I have gotten emails and text messages about where's your cheesy joke of the day. So here it is. Feel free to repeat this joke. Use this joke. Whatever you want it for, use it. Okay, so here we go. What does corn say when you give it a compliment? Aw, <laughs> shucks. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know a lot about corn, and I know that you're out there, I was originally born and raised in Iowa, which is the corn state. When you take that cob out of its covering, that's called shucking the corn. So when you pay corn a compliment, it says, aw, shucks. <laughs> okay, again, you can find us at www.okayhereisthestory.com. You can get the latest podcast episode, read my blog, or look for information regarding my upcoming book, I Got the Final Word. I would like to thank my son, Hunter, who is the executive producer and CTO, Chef, Chief Technology Officer. Thank you, son, for your support in answering my technological questions. Thank you to my son, Wyatt, for supporting me and being my sounding board. Thank you for giving me your feedback on each episode. Also, I want to say a special thanks to the Marines that serve with my son, and thank you for having his back. Thank you so much for bringing him home safely from Australia. And Wyatt, I hope that you sleep well in Cherry Point tonight. Everyone have a great day. I'm sending you my love. Please take it and pay it forward to someone in your life today. Talk to everyone next week. <laughs>